What's something funny? Do you know anything funny? Something funny? Because we always do something funny. Or at least we try to do. That that was the important clarification that I was about to make you give. Mm-hmm. Yep. Trying to be funny and actually being funny are two very different things. Very much so. So what you got? Do you know any flat earthers? <laughs> what if I told you uh, you were talking to one? This is the Earth reconceived. You think that the Earth is a sphere? <laughs> Spheres don't even exist. Yeah. In fact, that's. The I'm only not thing. just a flat earther. I'm a flat sphere. You know what? That's the only thing that you were afraid of then is sphere itself. This is Reconceived with Ben and Joel. I am Joel. And I'm Ben. And uh, I I think that we are starting season three. Is it season three or season 2.5? This is the next season. We'll call this season three. There we go. Season three of Reconceived. And of course, season is just a flowery way to say uh, we didn't record any episodes. We just didn't. Hey, that's what they do in between seasons, is they don't record any episodes. It was a season. I mean, I think they just allow more time in between seasons so that they can actually create more content. But, sure. Well, to the listeners, Joel, this comes out instantaneously. But they don't know when we were actually recording this. So we're recording this, for all intents and purposes, in the interim between seasons it's july 5th 4 32 p.m there i said it i'm very disappointed in you joel i know ben and i hate to have this conflict with you but tell me ben how do you normally handle conflict how do you deal with tension between you and another person and you have to decide who is right what what mechanisms do you use to resolve that tension between you and another person? I steal all their dogs, Mm -hmm. slit their tires, and threaten to burn down their house. (laughs) Okay, wait, 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 wait. When you said steal all their dogs and slit their... I got so concerned. Like, Ben, I was ready to cancel the show if you did not say tires after slit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just slitting people's tires and burning their houses down is fine. Oh, yeah, sure. Of course it is. Why wouldn't it be? Uh, (laughs) But a more conservative route to go for when you're trying to resolve conflict between you and someone else is rock, paper, scissors. Um, Ben, do you ever go that route? Usually, yeah. Okay. It's it's the preferred mechanism. Either uh, I do that when I disagree with another person or when I disagree with myself. I just say, you know, someone picks heads or tails and I decide based on that. When you have another person with whom you disagree... Rock, paper, scissors is, of course, the superior way to resolve said dispute because it's the simplest and fairest option immediately available. Mm -hmm. Mm. Well, you definitely aren't alone in that idea. People have been using rock, paper, scissors to solve disputes or just to pass the time for as long as it's been around. And it's been around in some way, shape, or form for a very long time. 
The first documented instance of a game like Rock, Paper, Scissors was back in the 1600s by a Ming Dynasty writer in China, but he reports that the game has been around since as far back as 200 BC, going under the name of San Sukumiken. We got the version that we know and love, Rock, Paper, Scissors, around the early 19th century. Hmm. But its backstory is not what I'm trying to reconceive today. What I'm trying to reconceive is the idea that Rock, Paper, Scissors, or Rochambeau, is not actually a fair or balanced game. In fact, you can actually become skilled at Rochambeau. You can win consistently. You can beat your friends, and not just based off of luck, but based off of your knowledge and your skill. So you can become good at rock, paper, scissors, and start winning consistently. Before you go on with that, you said something in passing. You called rock, paper, scissors Rochambeau? Uh-huh. What are you, a communist? We don't live in France. <laughs> Well, actually, that's uh, where, yes. where we got rock, paper, scissors originally. That's where Rochambeau, as we know it, came to be. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe I am. But uh, this that, that's not what I'm trying to reconceive again. Like I said before, rock, paper, scissors isn't a random or equal game. If humans were truly random, this would be an entirely different story. But as you probably know, humans have tendencies, they have habits, they have predictable patterns, and all kinds of psychological quirks that can be taken advantage of. Simply put, we are bad at being random. Yeah, that would make sense. We're pretty good at finding patterns, and so we're not very good at not having patterns. Exactly. And when we try to create something that seems random, we know that, and so we try to avoid anything that looks like it has a pattern. Because of that, though, we start making patterns around not having patterns, if that makes sense. Yep. Okay, cool. Now, because I'm not the only one who has realized this, there have actually been many studies that have actually looked into the psychology, specifically of rock, paper, scissors, and they have found plenty of... Uh, specific tendencies and habits and weird quirks about humans, specifically in Rochambeau. For instance, many people have one specific option out of the three that they tend to just use as a crutch, whether that's their first move or the option that they go for when they get flustered. With that said, though, as a general rule, if you're going up against a guy, you should probably play paper because men have a statistically higher likelihood of choosing rock as their opening move. Hmm. So do you know what the breakdown is for how often men throw rock first as opposed to women? Well, the numbers differ between study to study just because that's how studies work with large groups of people. Um, the numbers are going to fluctuate. What we do know is that men are more likely to throw out rock. Uh, women are actually more likely to throw out scissors than any other option, but this isn't as consistent as men throwing out rock. So they, they do it both more than women throw out rock and more than they throw out any other variant. Yeah, so playing rock against women is going to give you a statistically higher chance of winning, but not by much. But playing paper against men actually is going to give you a huge boost in your chances. Hmm. So we'll go more in depth into the actual strategy of rock, paper, scissors in just a bit. 
but real quickly I want to make sure that you know that you can actually use this in real life because not just the scientific community is interested in the higher art of rock paper scissors but there's actually a very surprisingly large professional scene for rock paper scissors as well professional meaning they get paid for it or professional in the sense that they do it a lot uh that they get paid for it whoa yeah so this started back way in 2002 when brothers douglas and graham walker held the first rock paper scissors world championship in a bar that they had actually rented out in toronto the brothers didn't actually take this super seriously they were expecting 25 or 30 of their friends to show up drink beer and have fun for the prize but hundreds of people actually showed up for this taking it very seriously and this was when this was 2002 2002 so it's been a while yeah but the next year for the 2003 championships cnn actually took notice of what was happening here and actually covered the event and bud light sponsored the tournament Whoa. offering fifty thousand dollars in cash prizes I know, it's a lot of money. Um, but unfortunately, this didn't really last for a very long time. Um, apparently, the official USA Rock Paper Scissors League has since been defunct as of 2014. With that said, though, there are still huge competitions that actually happen in Japan. It's been happening since 2010, and they call it Janken Taikai, which roughly translates to rock, paper, scissors. Hmm. So is that that's going to be their secret addition to the Olympics, is rock, paper, scissors? Oh my gosh, yes, yes, yes. Definitely 100% for sure. Can you imagine? It would be so much more interesting than all the other junk they have. Like, I don't even know. They have like five different versions of people beating up each other. <laughs> Just take those out, <laughs> add professional yodeling. Uh-huh. I don't know, Olympic-level yodeling. Sure. And rock, paper, scissors. That's the sport that we need in the modern era. Ben, I could not agree with you more. The only problem, though, is if we are going to be competing in the 2020 Olympic Games in rock, paper, scissors, we need strategies. Now, we've talked about the fact that there are strategies and the fact that there are competitions, but I bet you're wondering what strategies could we possibly use? What are these strategies? How do I beat my friends? Uh, well, like I said before... Men are usually going to play rock, so playing paper against men is probably a good start. That's good to know. For sure. And, like I also said before, people fall into very predictable patterns. And this is true for Rochambeau as well. For instance, if someone wins mm. a round, they're likely going to stick with that same option. If I win with rock, I'm going to stay with rock. But that changes if they have already played that option twice. I'm not going to be likely to play rock three times in a row. I'm going to want to change it up because I don't want to be quote-unquote predictable. Now, if a person loses, they're actually going to have the opposite effect. They're going to want to change their option, specifically to what would have beaten their opponent. So if I lose against someone playing scissors, I am going to instinctively choose rock next time. If they win, they stay. If they lose, they change. Hmm. Interesting. Very much so. Because 
with this understanding of the predictable patterns that tend to happen, you can actually develop the beginnings of a strategy for rock, paper, scissors, and that strategy actually works. Hmm. Now, am I saying by knowing this you will always win? Well, no, of course not. There is no such thing as a perfect strategy when it comes to competition. What I am saying, though, is that you can start to see how you can use the other person's own psychology against them. Another wonderful example of that is by being able to influence someone to help you win. For instance, saying which option you're going to play before the round and then sticking to that option is usually successful as well because most people don't expect that you are actually going to follow through with that. They think that you're trying to trick them and are going to throw out something else. By staying with that same option, you're likely either going to win or at the very least draw. So here here are the tips that I've gathered so far. Here's how I'm going to beat my friends. First, if I beat whatever they have, I need to, instead of sticking with what I just threw, go to what they just lost with. I have rock, yep. and then next move should be paper. No, no, next move should be scissors, rather. Because, yeah. Um, and then the other thing is, if you lose, yes. you should probably stick with what you had. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And I think most importantly is yes, yes, yes. try not to stick to any particular patterns of twos. So if you're going to do something for two times in a row, don't stop it on the third one just because you feel like it. Stop it for other reasons then. Oh, I feel like I'm doing this too many times in a row. Exactly. Mm -hmm. If you do happen to repeat, try to repeat at least three or more times Mm -hmm. because Mm -hmm. people are expecting Mm -hmm. something that seems random. Yep. Yep. But... Yeah, Uh, there's an even better strategy to ensure that you are staying random. Because once again, you have the uh, possibility of falling into patterns because you're humans. What other people do that are really successful at rock, paper, scissors tournaments is that they will create gambits. They will comprise a list of truly random options and they would memorize it. And so before going into a tournament, they already know what they are going to play and when they are going to play it. So say I'm going to compete in a rock, paper, scissors tournament. I would go ahead and pull up a random number generator and get my sequence. It would look something like rock, 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 paper, rock, 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 paper, seven. (laughs) If you do seven, you'll probably win. Yes, you get my point, though. That's just too powerful for rock, paper, and scissors. Speaking of, have you heard of... Other variants like rock, Wait. paper, scissors, lizard, Spock? <laughs> uh, I have, actually. Um, I th- Someone from the rock, paper, scissors community who's been a part of it for a community. couple of... I love how you call it a community of rock, paper, scissors. That's just the community of humanity, Joel. All humans <laughs> but, are part of that community. But no, it's a real community with a real online presence. It's real, Mom. That's pretty great. It is. Um, but yeah, so someone from the community actually made a RPS 25. And you guessed it, there are 25 different options that you can actually play. How do you play it? Are they hand gestures? Do you write they them down on a piece of paper? They are hand gestures. Every single one. Good night. I didn't even know I could make that many hand gestures. Uh, well, you probably don't want to make all of those hand gestures. <laughs> But the point is, RPS 25 exists, and if you want to play it, you can. 
but you don't have to go to RPS 25 in order to get a rich and in-depth RPS experience. You can do that with the traditional game, and hopefully I've shown that today. And everything that I've brought to the table here, this has just been a sample. There is so much more that goes on in RPS if you want to go further in depth. There's so much more strategies, so many more gambits, like the bureaucrat and the toolbox. There's so much more game theory application, like Sicilian reasoning. The, the complexity behind RPS is amazing. Uh, I'm not going to go into depth about all of that, though, because I still want a few tricks up my sleeve. Uh, with that said, though, if you do want to learn more, you can find out more intermediate and expert strategies online. There are plenty of articles, there's forums, there's even a 200-page official rock-paper-scissors strategy guide that you can buy right now on Amazon for 12 bucks. Huh. I'm not sure that that's a wise use of money, but that's good to know. Nope. <laughs> nope. It, uh, it sure isn't. But there you go. Who would have thought? So rock, paper, scissors is not quite as random as we like to think it is, and there are all sorts of strategies to maximize your efficiency. And it's been around for way longer than I thought. That's really cool. Yeah. And after this episode, hopefully you can, I don't know, get more people to pay for your dinner. Nice. Nice. This has been Rock, Paper, Scissors, Reconceived. Thank you.